Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 reads, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he explains the role of the teaching pastor in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Why Have Pastors? Now, why should you obey and submit to church leaders? Well, it's pretty straightforward here. Because they watch over your souls. They keep watch over your souls. The, the word that's translated watch over implies literally sleeplessness. Being constantly alert. And would you notice very carefully, they will give an account. Account for what? Account for how they kept watch over your souls. It is not a trifling thing to be a leader in a church. I can assure you that those who seek that position because of a sense of ego or being power hungry, there's always a wreck down that road. Those who accept the responsibility to serve here as an elder or a deacon, uh, regardless of their individual responsibilities, they care for your soul. And they want you to thrive as a child of God. When I was called um, to write the curriculum for training pastors in Russia, and I had to write um, uh, one of the courses for developing leaders and training leaders, I, I, I got the tip that every single um, pastor in any of the evangelical churches in Russia, when he is recognized as a pastor, always they read Isaiah 66, verse 2. And it was like, don't you dare leave that verse out, or they won't pay any attention to the rest of what you, uh, of what you wrote. Well, you can look at it in its context, but the last half of that verse says this. This is Yahweh talking, remember God's name, the Lord. He says, but to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. That's how they search for pastors. Who, when you give him a Bible, starts trembling. Not necessarily physically, but who is humbled by the authority of the word of God. And would you notice also from Hebrews 13, 17, that it is unprofitable for you to cause grief for those who watch over your souls and will give an account for it. The word that's translated grief is more often translated groaning. I can tell you, anybody that's been doing this to any extent 
for very long understands what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians? Oh yeah, I've been beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead, all of that. And you know what's worse? The daily care of the churches. That's the heaviest burden. That's what you groan over. That's what you lose sleep over. Trust me, elders have their times of sleeplessness and groaning over the welfare of your soul. So let them do that work with joy and not with grief. Well, how would you do it with joy? Well, you might try obey and submit. Listen to what they say. Do what they suggest. Uh, get on board with what, they, with what they are leading people to do. And you will find amazing things happen. And that's a pretty decent introduction to our sermon. Why have pastors? Well, again, as I said, we're going excruciatingly slow through verses 11 and 12, but two legitimate questions. What should teaching pastors do, and why should saints be equipped? They're both answered in verses 11 and 12. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. What are they supposed to do? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. The answer to why have pastors is simple. For the equipping of the saints. This is why God wants teaching pastors. Pastors who teach. Equipping is a translation of that uh, Greek word that means to put things in order. One of the uses of this word outside the Bible was for equipping a ship by making it sure, making sure it had everything necessary for the voyage. If you were going to do a, a transoceanic uh, trip on a, uh, on a ship, you want to make sure you got enough to eat to get all the way there. You want to make sure you got enough fuel if it's not a sailing vessel. You, you, you've got to make sure that that thing is fully equipped. This same word was also used in a medical context for setting a bone that was broken by putting it in its proper place. The general thought is getting something ready for service. It was generally used for making something function the way it is designed to function. Now, who do we equip? The saints. Saints is that word that describes all believers. It literally is holy ones. A saint is a holy one because he or she is in Christ. His righteousness credited to their account. They stand in His righteousness and in His holiness. They stand in His grace. It is a, a especially subtle and damaging heresy that Satan invented to hijack this word saints and to apply it only to a certain very small group of dead people that ought to be venerated and that we ought to pray to. That is absolutely foreign to the meaning of the word saints. It means those who are in Christ. And notice then, this passage says that every single person in the body of Christ, every saint, should be equipped to be engaged in spiritual labor. We talk about the ministry and what has to be done. No one person does the work of the ministry. We all collectively do the work of the ministry. We're all responsible for it. So what does this equipping involve? Well, 
You have to know what God says, and you have to know how to make a wise application of what He says through His Word. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 is a classic verse. We use it often in the context of describing the sufficiency of Scripture. Well, it has to do with equipping saints. It says, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. How do you get to know everything you need for life and godliness? By knowing God, by knowing His Son. How do you get to know God and know His Son? By the Word that they have given to us. And here's how to make it a, a living reality in your life. Here's how to, to, to joyfully be a part of the process of being equipped. Some of us have the responsibility to, to proclaim things on a wide scale. All of us have a responsibility to respond on a personal scale. Another verse you know by heart. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, 2 Timothy 3.16. All of God's Word is profitable for your spiritual growth. This equips you. Um, the word teaching is the, that refers to the truth of what God says. It's the word often translated doctrine. Then reproof. That's when the Word of God points out that your behavior doesn't match up with the teaching of His Word. Remember like James 1 says, we stare into the, the mirror of His Word and it reflects back what needs to change. That, that's, that's reproof. The Bible teaches us what is, what is right and also points out the error when we deviate from that. That leads to the third one, correction. That's showing you how to get your behavior back in line with the teaching. That's showing you how to repent, how to turn back to the right way, how to get back on course with the, with the teaching. It helps you understand forgiveness and restoration. Now, the result of teaching plus reproof plus correction is, right there, training in righteousness. And that word training is very closely related to the word equipping. It's not that they're cognates, but they talk about the same idea. The word training is the word paideia, from which we get our words pedagogue and pedagogy. It's the word that it describes the, the instruction and the discipline of a child on his way to maturity. So if you want to be mature in Christ, here's what you do. You take in the word, you let it teach you, you let it, you let it reprove you, you let it correct you, and it trains you, and then... Never quote 1 Timothy 3.16 and stop there. The sentence continues in verse 17. <laughs> so that the man of God may be adequate, that means fitted or complete, may be adequate for, uh, adequate, equipped for every good work. The word equipped there is a cognate of the word in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. It means completed. Brought to a suitable state. If you're the ship, ready to sail. If you're the machine, ready to plug it in. If you're the car, ready to start the engine. That comes through understanding and applying the Word of God. So, why have pastors? Well, when you look carefully at God's Word, the job description of the teaching pastor is very narrowly focused on instructing believers in those things that enable them to know the Lord and serve the Lord and proclaim 
His good news. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.